So we are minutes away from seeing this movie. I want to talk to Arthur about expectations. I don't think we've ever touched on this before. What are your primary expectations from this movie? What do you need to see? So for me, I'm looking at the entire Craig film series as one long story. Um, I don't think that's ever happened in the franchise. So I'm looking to finally close off Vesper, how he really feels. He's been, he's been dealing with it. He's been carrying it with him, but he hasn't said her name, much less acknowledge what his grief, what his real grief is. Um, beyond that, I, I, I wonder if there's going to be any kind of um, reconciliation is nowhere near the word, but if there's any going to be any kind of redress between Bond and Blofeld. Um, in the previous, we see that he actually, Bond actually speaks to Blofeld. Um, is, uh, is, is that going to go anywhere? Is that just ancillary? Is, 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 that, is that almost like a, a, a recasting of Silva from Skyfall? Um, so, I'm, you know, I'm trying not to put, put, put you know, all of my feelings into this, but I do want to see Bond come full circle to where we first met him, Casino Royale. It's, it's interesting, though, the Vesper thing, because in the trailer, we saw Vesper, he was standing in front of that mausoleum, yeah. and he has that note. I think it says something about forgive me or whatever. Right. And I'm wondering if that's Vesper's grave. You know? uh, but you're right about, he hasn't mentioned her name, because in Spectre, remember he found that tape Yep. At Mr. White's crib, where it was like, I guess her interrogation tape or whatever. And he paused for a second, and Homegirl was like, you know, what is it? He was just like, nothing, and threw it aside. So it's like, I think a final reckoning is due, um, as far as Vesper is concerned. But you know what? I think for me, man, my expectations, I've tried to avoid, like, having any expectations. Mm -hmm. But I think you're right. It would be good to have this thing tied off. And for me, it would be more important, forget Spectre and Skyfall, if this movie ends up feeling like a sequel to, I said this before, but if it ends up feeling like a sequel to uh, uh, Casino and Quantum, I'll be very happy. Yeah. Like if it's like if that if that becomes like the trilogy, like Casino, Quantum, and this, that would be dope. All right, more soon. Uh, we're about twenty minutes away from our Mad and Real world premiere of uh, No Time to Die. Unreal. This is Arthur. That is Isaac. We are live in person recording this show at the same table. First time in two years? Mm, I can't remember pre, the last pre -pandemic. time. Pre-pandemic. So Pre-pandemic. Yeah. 2019? Yeah, the end of, I think it was one of the early Mad Unreal shows. Yeah. So it had been early, early end of 2019. So yeah. But this one's even like, because this one is just raw this is, yes. <laughs> this yes. is raw this is very raw, raw. In, in, in many different ways emotionally <laughs> uh production wise uh you may hear some unusual sounds in the background just because i'm trying to get this uh turned around and posted uh as fast and humanly possible yeah i think you guys gonna hear some you know just some different you know uh -huh. not the sound quality that you probably used to but yeah, this is, and I mean, if you if if we if we've done what we said we we're going to do and put the um, some of the early stuff that we recorded actually at the theater, yep, um, in the beginning of the show, you've heard that already. But this is 
you know, we wanted to get you guys our, our honest, raw, like in the moment opinions of the 25th Bond film um, to kind of cap off what we've done for what the last six weeks with 007 and yep. counting. Yep. Um, and so this episode is basically like a bonus 007 and counting episode where we capped off for six weeks. We've counted down to this movie by reviewing all the old films. Yep. And now we've seen the new film. Just seen it. Just seen like literally like left the theater, like within a couple hours, you yep. know, and this is going to be spoiler heavy. Let's say that right now. Absolutely. This is spoiler heavy. The movie just came out in the U S today. If you have not seen this film, if you've not seen no time to die, stop this recording, go see the movie, then listen to Please. this. Yeah. We're about to go. We it's about to all come out. Yeah. So this is your last warning. Yes. <laughs> it's like right now, yes. right at this second from this moment on is spoiler territory. So, let's get it out. You know, and, and let, let's say this. We're going to follow our usual kind of like 007 for and counting format that we've done for the other films. Right. But we obviously are going to go off track a little bit, not just because we're recording this in the moment, but also because damn, like this movie really demands that you go off track. You have to like go into another place with this film. Yeah, it really does. So I got an initial question, but you sound like you had one too. So I'll let you go ahead. Well, first I just need to, okay. So I need to acknowledge the fact that for man, 16 months, mm -hmm. you have been a staunch believer that this film would be released in. Oh yes. Yeah. I forgot about that. Yes. Please acknowledge <laughs> this. Please acknowledge this. Ah, yes. Go ahead. Go ahead. I'm sorry. You have ahead. always argued me down mm -hmm. that this film was going to release in theaters. They were not going to send this to streaming. They were not going to, they were not going to, you know, take this film straight to, straight to VHS. Mm -hmm. VHS. Right. <laughs> VOD. And even yeah. in the midst of, the acquisition of MGM Studios, mm -hmm. which has a partnership with Eon Productions, home to James Bond 007, that entire franchise, and acquisition from Amazon, mm -hmm. I still made sure I had my Prime subscription mm -hmm. in good standing. Okay. Just to hedge my bet. Mm -hmm. And let me say this, though, just to be truthful about it. It wasn't that I had some crystal ball or I had some just belief in the cinematic experience or whatever, whatever. It was simply because of Eon. It was just because uh -huh. of Barbara Broccoli and Michael G. Wilson. Knowing them, listening to what, not, not that I know them personally, I'm just saying knowing them through what they've done with these films all these years, reading, you know, their quotes, reading between the lines or whatever. Right. It was just very clear that unless, you know, if, if as long as there was any chance that this show or this movie is going to get put into a theater, they were not going to streaming. Right. And if right. they, matter of fact, I will go so far as to say if the Delta variant, which kicked off this summer, had that, you know, continued on and cases soared to, you know, 500,000 people infections a day or something uh -huh. like that, and all movie theaters closed down, they probably would have held it off again till next year. The six, because next year is the 60th anniversary mm -hmm. of a mm -hmm. uh, bond. Mm -hmm. So I, I could see them doing that. They just, it's, I think they're just, you know, even when Amazon purchased Eon or purchased MGM, Eon came out the next day with a statement. That's cool. Don't worry about it. Mm -hmm. We still going to be in the theaters, mm -hmm. you know, not just no time to die. They were like James Bond itself is a cinematic experience. Mm -hmm. So 
that's the only reason. But I'm glad you acknowledged that because you even the last show, I think from Rushwood Love, yeah. the last one we did, you yeah. were still like, yeah, we're going to go see No Time to Die next week. But uh, make sure you still got your Amazon exactly. exactly. <laughs> so, yeah, I appreciate you acknowledging that. So, all right, let me let me ask you, man, this is and, and, you know, at this point, again, we've already given the spoiler warning. So I'm sure that everybody listening has seen this film and they're probably if they just saw it, they may be reeling, you know, like we're reeling. So let me ask you, how do you how do you feel at this moment? I got two questions. That's the first, it's a part one and part two. Part one is how do you feel at this moment after just walking out of this movie? In order to answer that question, I have to acknowledge the ending. Can I just jump? Oh. Right to the ending. Jump. Go ahead, bro. Jump. So <laughs> we free. Like I said, we're following the 007 accounting structure, but not really. Yeah. So the whole, <laughs> our usual mad facts that we use as a preamble, we're just going <laughs> to. Right. We're just going to call this mad feelings. <laughs> right. So Exactly. Exactly. James Bond dies at the end of this film. I have not accepted that. Mm, okay. A couple hours later, you still haven't accepted it. I just have not accepted that. Um, it's like I was telling you this earlier, you know, gr- growing up, my favorite cartoon character is Wild E. Coyote. <laughs> okay. The nemesis of the Roadrunner. <laughs> and throughout throughout the cartoons, there'll be a series of sequences in which the coyote's trying to get the Roadrunner. Mm-hmm. And, you know, somehow, some way, he dies he falls off a cliff he's holding a holding a you know holding a big box of acme dynamite it all blows right. up in his face and then you know sequence fades new sequence fades up he's ready to rock he's back wow, that's how i'm treating this <laughs> that's, that's where you're at that's with how it. that's where i am at. that's where i'm <laughs> right. at with this i'm not i'm not uh i'm not i mean we were in the theater and i'm like looking i'm like where'd he go <laughs> This, this Where did he is, you go? Know what? It's so hilarious, man, because the last movie we saw together was Infinity War. Because yeah. after Infinity War, you guys moved um, down south or out west um, and then pandemic. Yeah. You know, so we haven't been in the same theater in over two years. And at the end of Infinity War, same thing. Remember, you were sitting there. Matter of fact, you were just like in shock. <laughs> And then the post credits Uh run and the Captain Marvel thing happens. And you literally, I'll never forget theater was dead quiet. Uh And all I hear is Arthur go, who the hell is that? (laughs) (laughs) And I bust out laughing and I, cause I knew it was, but I think you were in a shock like everybody else. Cause everybody got dusted, you know? And it was like, wait a minute, what, you know, Thanos won? Like what's up? Right. And that was kind of the feeling, you know, with this, and let's just, okay, before we, I have, this, I have a second part to the, that question, but before we get there, it was also, we must add, and I think if you guys are truly, you, if you, any of you guys are listening, if you're true Bond fans, you probably did the same thing. Arthur and I, and Arthur's wife and, 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 and daughter were there. We, we forced them to do it too. Waited, credits running, lights on, cleaning crew, cleaning up the theater, we waited all the way until those credits were done. Cause I was like, listen, end of every bond film. Yep. It always says James Bond will return in the early films. Of course it would say re- will return in and they give, yeah, the, name and the, they give the name of the next film. But at the end of every bond film, it's a, so, and this movie, no time to die. We just watched bond get, not just die. He got annihilated. Listen, we'll get to that in a minute. <sighs> so we we're watching we're, credits are running. We're watching like, listen, if they don't show that, right. what the fuck does that mean? Right. 
And finally, if you guys have seen this, if you haven't seen the the whole credits, at the end of the credits, they go through all the thanking everybody in the world, yep. every city that they ever filmed yep. in, every person that had anything to do with this movie. Yep. And then the screen goes blank for a second. And then finally, after a couple beats, it finally flashed up on the screen, James Bottle Return. They were toying with us. They knew. They knew, they knew they that real fans were going to be waiting. And so they threw that out there. And it was just like... It was kind of like a sigh of relief. You jumped up. You was like, you was like, I, I, I can't remember exactly what you said because I started laughing immediately. Uh-huh. But I think you were just like, hell yeah, or something like that. I can't <laughs> remember what you said. But it was a sense of relief and like, okay. Because after, again, like in the last episode, remember I mentioned Barbara Broccoli has said, you know, that being James Bond doc, yeah, uh, she couldn't envision anybody playing uh-huh. Bond after mm-hmm. Craig. Mm-hmm. And so when we saw him, the character dies in this film, it was like, okay is Eon really like, just like saying, telling Amazon, you know what? We're taking our ball and going home, you know? Right. So I was waiting like, okay, wait a minute. Is this, is this it? And so when it says James Bond will return, it was kind of like a, it was all jokes aside. It was a little bit of a sigh of relief. Mm -hmm. It was like, okay. Yes. Yeah. So, okay. So that said, second part of my question, you told me how you feel now after the scene, this movie, how you're feeling right now. How do you, in general, being very general, mm-hmm. how do you want to feel after a, after a James Bond movie? How do you want to feel? Because these are, these are films that, you know, there's 25 of them. So these are films that, you know, we just sometimes just put on, you know right. what I'm saying? Because of a certain reason. Yeah. Sometimes because you want to see a certain scene. But, but there's a feeling, I think, you know, generally speaking, there's kind of like a, a vibe, you know, that you get from these movies. So how do you want to feel, generally speaking, after a Bond movie? Generally speaking, I you know, I want to feel, this is such a nebulous word, but I want to feel entertained. Mm-hmm. I want to feel like I've been, um, like I'm drawn into the action. Um, and there were segments of, of No Time to Die where I felt like this. I mean, for example, in the beginning, in in the DB5, where, 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 um, where Bond and Madeline are, you know, they're escaping, mm-hmm. you know, and they're surrounded and, and the Aston Martin's getting shot up to hell, mm-hmm. you know, and Madeline's pleading with him to just bond, James do something. Please. Yeah. Know? Please. And he James. just kind of whispers. All right. And then gun ports come out the headlights. He's, he's doing three sixties. He's shooting people scene, up. Yeah. He drops the smoke. You know, it's, 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 it's like you want to win. You want to feel like you're winning with James Bond. That's what I mean by entertained. Mm-hmm. So at the end, would it be fair to say, because I like that phrase, you said you want to feel like you're winning with James Bond. So would it be fair to say that you expect to feel at the end of a Bond movie like you won, you won with James Bond? Right. Do you feel that way? No. But <laughs> okay, the Craig films are different. Mm-hmm. And I know we were, we were talking about this, that, you know, that feeling that, the Daniel Craig series of Bond films mm-hmm. seem to stand outside of the other films. Right. right. It's it's specifically because these six films have been a narrative arc, mm-hmm. one after the other, and you've never had that before. Five. With I thought there were six. Casino. Uh, Casino. Quantum. Skyfall. Spectre. This. Okay. Five films, mass off, five films, you've got this 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 continuous arc. And I remember before we went into the 
movie today. Mm-hmm. You know, you were asking me, do I have any expectations? And if so, what do they are? You know, and I said that I wanted to, I wanted a lot of things to get tied off. I had no idea what I was asking for. <laughs> yeah, right? they got tied off. They, got, they tied a lot of stuff off. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, so, you know, so with that, I do feel inter- entertained, but I don't feel like I've, I don't feel like I've won. And I think that the ending that I would have expected, because I didn't necessarily know what to expect. Mm-hmm. I think that the ending that I would have expected would have been where um, Bond was poisoned. The poison was was specific to Madeline's DNA and by extension, their daughter's DNA mm-hmm. and that he would be denied happiness. happiness. And, and that is something that you get directly and indirectly throughout the Bond franchise mm-hmm. because, you know, he, 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 you know, he's a bachelor, you, you know, he's not going to after, after Tracy Bond is, is, is murdered. You know, he, he's not necessarily fulfilled with the home life because he's married to the service. Right. So right. I, I think though, it's, and let me give credit where credit is due because so what happened with this again, this is such a, this is a different episode because it's like, it's basically like real time episode. So we saw the film a couple hours. We walked out of theater a couple hours ago. Um, we went to get something to eat. Right. And you ran in. You you wanted to run in, grab something to eat. I was in the car. I was listening to another podcast. Um, and I want to give credit or credit due because I'm about to get into this, kind of what you just talked about. Yeah. And it was the James Bond radio podcast. Uh-huh. And one of the hosts, uh, Chris Wright, said something I really agree with. And he said how he basically touched on what you just touched on as far as how the Craig films in his view. And I think in my views, in, in your view as well, mm-hmm. exist in their own pocket universe. Mm-hmm. Now, for regular listeners, you guys know Arthur versus the multiverse. Arthur is not into this multiverse shit is like keeps them up at night. But here is where the multiverse can actually the multiverse theories can actually play cannot kind of assuage some of the the the, right. the weightiness of what we're feeling right now right. uh on on the uh, the James Bond radio podcast they talked about how the Craig films are not related you know at all to the other movies mm-hmm. you know the Connery films or the Brosnan films or the yeah. Dalton or the Moore films they and, and the Lazenby film they really kind of exist in their own place. There aren't a lot of references made back to any of the other films. They're mm-hmm. just, they're disconnected. You mm-hmm. know, it right. started with Casino Casino Royale, um, which, it, you know, ironically is the first Fleming book mm-hmm. um, and is one of the most Fleming films out of the, all the 25 in the series. But it's very clearly the beginning of Craig's 007. Yes. You see him go um, through Quantum, which is basically part two to Casino Royale. You see him get to Skyfall, which is a time jump, you know, so Mm -hmm. he's, you know, much, he's been in the service for a lot longer at that period. And then you get Spectre and now you get no time to die. So these films, if it it almost hearing him talk about him, hearing them talk about it on, on James Bond radio. And then the conversation you and I had, it kind of made me feel because walking out of the theater, man, I felt like, I just felt weighty. Like I felt like (laughs) I said to you, it's like, I feel like I need to go watch a bunch of episodes of Seinfeld some Frasier or something, you know what I'm saying? Just to like get to wash this off of me for a minute. And it kind of made me feel a little better about it because 
when you see a character and we'll, we'll get more into this. I think when we get into rated bond, when you see a character, a protagonist like bond die, that impacts everything that you saw before. So it's like now when I go back and watch Casino Royale or Quantum, I'm probably going to be thinking about this, you know, maybe, you know, five years from now, if I watch mm-hmm. it, maybe I won't, mm-hmm. but I'm saying if I go watch Quantum or whatever within another, you know, week or a month or later on this year, whenever I'm going to be thinking about no time to die. Cause it was just, you see the end of this character. And I told you, I was thinking about, um, dark Knight. uh, was it? Dark Knight, Dark Knight Rises. Rises, yeah. Um, which I had a lot of issues with that film, and I didn't really love the ending. But I know why they did not show Bruce Wayne die, even though it was the perfect opportunity for them to show him have the you know the very um, the trope of saving everyone, the right. heroic trope, and he sacrificed himself, whatever, whatever. It was the perfect opportunity for them to do that. But from a emotional standpoint. I think it's very difficult to see that happen and then accept that character again, Mm -hmm. you know, um, even when it's a different actor or actress playing, playing those characters. And so there was rumors. I told you there's been rumors for the last couple of years when they were filming no time to die, that bond was going to die. There was a rumor, there was at least a, um, hypothesis that that could happen. Mm -hmm. And I remember staunchly thinking, Oh no, that'll never happen because one, from again, from the the um, fans' perspective, emotionally, you don't want to see the protagonist, especially as somebody who's been around for sixty years. Right. You don't want to see them die on film because it just it kind of affects how you see later iterations of that character. And then two, I felt like that's not going to happen because Eon and you know MGM and now Amazon, mm-hmm. they're not going to have their their Batman, you know, what I'm saying die on screen. It's like yeah. they, they're not going to do that. So I was just like, it'll never happen. Uh-huh. That was one thing I was definitely, I was right about the Amazon Prime right, thing. You were. I was completely wrong yeah. about this. Yeah. And, but when, again, having the conversation that we had about how the Craig films are kind of their own thing, it makes it easier for me to see, okay, two, three, four years from now, whenever the next film will be, new character, new actor, mm-hmm. how that will feel. Oh, it'll be okay. You know what I'm saying? Because right now, again, I was just like, uh, whoa. You know, <laughs> this was the first time I just quietly prayed for the multiverse <laughs> to fix this. Hold this on. So, wait a minute. Like first, Earth we had two. Arthur versus the multiverse. <laughs> now we're going to have Arthur praise for the multiverse. Like, I was like, whoa, 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 whoa. <laughs> you were like talking to the watcher. Like, exactly. is the watcher <laughs> going to show up? <laughs> is he going to show up and be like, exactly. psych? <laughs> exactly. So, how do you want to get into this? You, yeah. Let's, you know, mad, mad facts. Let's. Matter of fact, I think we kind of handled earlier when we were talking about, you know, especially like I said, we do, if we share some, if we share with everyone some of the things that we talked about, you know, before we actually walked into the theater, our pre No Time to Die thoughts, we've kind of already covered Matter of Facts. And you guys know this movie has been held off for, this movie originally was supposed to come out, I think, in February of 2020. Then they pushed it to April 2020, then November 2020. Mm-hmm. Then um, April 2021, and finally now it's come out. So two years of delays, you know. And so we've been the and and you know it's been widely known, wide, blah, blah, widely known that this was you know Craig's last movie. Right. Um, and there's just there's this, there's to me there was a feeling of no matter what was going to happen in this film, we, we knew there was going to be a lot of firsts. Mm-hmm. It was long as hell. Mm-hmm. You know, it was yeah, a very it was long, long. movie. 
um, although it was paced very well, but it was a long movie. Um, you knew, we knew that somebody had taken over the 007 mantle. Right. Um, Leia Sadu's character, Madeline was coming back. That's like the first time I think like a, a bond woman has come back in that capacity mm-hmm. in a second film. Um, there's just a lot of things that we kind of felt like, and even with, um, Carrie Joji Fukunaga direct, yeah. we knew that, you know, his style and just, he's the first American and, you know, it was just, it was just a very different feel. So I kind of, I think we all went into this movie thinking, okay, this is probably going to be different than some of the other bonds. It was, I have to say it was much different than I thought it was going to hmm. be, you know, not just because of the, the death of, of, of James Bond, mm-hmm. but also because of the way some of the tonality of the film and, you know, the, this, the, the, um, the way the plot and the narrative kind of unfolded, um, from the beginning of the movie was just different, you know, than anything. And we'll get into this as well, but I just, I have strong parallels in my mind between this and honor majesty secret service, obviously because they play, you know, they, they, they made you have those thoughts sure. from the beginning, but just the way this film is placed within the franchise, it just really reminds me of uh, Majesties in the terms of, man, if we would have saw Majesties in 1969 after seeing those first, you know, five Connery films, yeah. that would have shocked us as well, you know. And I'm sure audiences were true. That would have. Um, so I, I feel the same way about that. But that's, I think, as far as Mad Facts, that's all. Did you have anything else to add to Mad Facts? No, no. I was thinking about just getting into the the pre-title sequence and then leading into uh, the Billy Eilish. Okay, so yeah, I mean, how did you think in the pre-titles? I got to say, we saw a lot of the pre-titles in trailers, mm-hmm. you know, last. Mm-hmm. But how did you feel about the pre-title sequence? Because a lot of that stuff we didn't see. Yeah, I I really liked it. Um, I had asked you, you know, this might be longer than the world is not enough, um, and it covered a lot of ground. It covered um, it covered Madeline Swan's backstory, um, the. Quite, well, the introduction of Safin. Um, how would you say? How do you say his name? It's like a playoff of Lucifer, but it's uh, which character? Safin, Lucifer, Safin. Oh, you know, did they say his first name in the? Oh, I you thought know they, what? they did. did. They did once or twice. They said his name when they were reading like his file yeah. or whatever. Um, Bond was telling Q or M about him. Yeah, I can't pronounce. I'm looking at it on the page. So, I'll try. Rami Malek's <laughs> right, Safin. Yeah, old boy. Coming in as a hitman to kill Mr. White and uh, presumably his family. Because which was you? You, you knew that was you. Remember Inspector? She told that story, right? Did you? Did you remember that? I did. Okay, yeah, because Inspector, she in case anybody out there didn't, didn't didn't remember that, but she tells Bond that story. Inspector, I think they're on the train when she says that. Uh, maybe not, but she talks about how you know somebody came to her house to kill her father when she was little mm-hmm. and she got the gun and blah blah blah. So. Um, it was it was cool to see that actually you know what that memory yeah, was out. yeah and then it was um, you, you see later when um, Madeline is talking to um, uh, her daughter uh, Matilda mm-hmm. uh, giving her instructions you know if you're, don't forget to hide you know what do we what do we right. do you know kind right. of a call back to when she was with little and Safin right. came to I wonder if Matilda and, knows how to like you know. Uh, take somebody out like with a double tap to the chest like her mom. She might because that little girl was going through all kind of traumatic events and she was holding up quite well. Right. Her mom might have already taught her but yeah. But um, yeah you know with that and then and then we see the continuation of 
Bond and Madeline's relationship post Spectre. Um, the, the, okay, so we dealt with Vesper right away um, in, in an ultimatum fashion. Um, and we also see Bond. So I know we just like walked out of the film and everything, but I mean, you know, the podcast we were listening to, you know, I did hear some, a, a little bit of what I inferred to be as, you know, criticism to say that the Bond that shows up in this film is not the, you know, the, the full swag, mm-hmm. don't care about nothing, nobody, you know, guy. And, and, and I got that. I got that. Um, but I like this bond and I'm preluding a rated bond section, so I won't get into it too much, but I like this bond because he's, he's retired, right? He's, and what he's trying to do is he's trying to move forward. Um, but he's not a hundred percent certain that his past isn't going to catch up with him because there's still some loose ends. He thinks all the, all, you know, all the, all the screws are, you know, tight and tight, but even as Madeline had said to him, you know, you're still looking over your shoulder. You know, no one can get us kind of a thing. Right. And we find out very quickly that's not the case. Um, he eventually goes to Vesper's, you know, crypt and it's booby-trapped. And then we get into, you know, what is just a fabulous uh, car chase scene and uh, introduction to our main henchman. Um, uh, Primo. Your boy Primo. And that, and that, and that amazing eye that he has. So, um, it just yeah i i i liked how the pre-title covered a lot of ground without forcing it down our throats with just a whole bunch of exposition yeah i think maybe next time i see the film i'm going to maybe just uh loosely time that pre-title just to see cuz i'm curious as well to see if that's longer mm-hmm. than cuz i mean world uh the world is not enough it was that was yeah because he had the he had the moment you know and in, in the bankers you know with the whole Nothing. the shootout and the sniper and everything and then it was you know conversation with M and you know leisurely kind of and then everything jumps off and you got that long boat chase so it wouldn't surprise me if if world is not enough it may still be longer I don't mm. know um it, it's, it'd be interesting to see but I'm with you I really really enjoyed the pre-titles and I think that this it really immediately because you know you had the um the Madeline sequence, you know, with her as a little girl, right. which immediately the tone of that was just different. You know, it was, I was on edge, you know, and, and it was a very, it was all, you know, and I'll, I'll probably bring this up again later, but there was some, there were moments throughout this film where I could tell this is an American director. Hmm. There are moments hmm. where I was like, you know what, if you lined up all five of Craig's films, uh-huh. And you took somebody who didn't know anything about the directors or whatever and said, which one of these made them watch all five, which one of these is done by an American. I think they point to no time to die. Mm-hmm. There was just something American about the sensibilities in some of the scenes and the way the narrative was kind of like rolled out. That was different than what I've seen in the other bond films. Um, and that's not a criticism. That's just, you know, just a point. But I think that you feel that early on with, you know, the sequence at the house and um, with, you know, Safin showing up, it just felt like there was some Americanisms in there and it worked very well though. Um, but once they, everything, when they get to Italy and I, it, this is like right after Spectre, you know, this is, yeah. they've left, you know, he's left MI6. They, I guess they're traveling through Europe, uh, through Europe or whatever. When he, 
I, I really like the ultimatum, as you said, that um, uh, Madeline lays out to him. Mm-hmm. That was so real to me because mm-hmm. it was like, listen, we're in love. We have a shot, you know, at a real future together. Yeah. But I can tell you're not you haven't completely let go of Vesper. Mm-hmm. And you can tell they've had conversations about this, mm-hmm. you know, because mm-hmm. the way she says mm-hmm. it, it's not like that's the first time they talked about it. This is, you know, this is something they've talked about before. She can tell that he's, and it's not like he's holding on to her out of spite or because he doesn't love Madeline. It's just that that wound is still there Mm -hmm. and he hasn't properly dealt with it Mm -hmm. over the last, you know, 10, 15 years or whatever, because he's kind of like covered it up by being a spy and being this cold hearted person, whatever, whatever. And it's like, okay, for us to have a shot at a real relationship, you have to deal with this. You know, you actually have to face this in a real way. It is not like, like in quantum, he faced it, but it was out of revenge, mm, you know, and yeah. it was out, you know, and we've talked about that. And when we did quantum last year, the episode we did on quantum, yeah. it was out of revenge. It was in his capacity as a assassin, as a spy, all these things. And at the end of quantum, remember he says to um, Camille, she says, you know, do you think they can rest now talking about the dead? The dead yep. And he says, I don't think the dead care about revenge. Mm-hmm. And you can kind of see it on his face that he went through that whole thing but he's still like, I haven't found everything, I, the peace that I wanted to find. And then, of course, you know, he comes back to the service. He tells M, you know, I never left, blah, blah, blah. He throws away Vesper's um, necklace. So it's like he wanted to be done with it, but he really wasn't done with it. And no woman. And I, 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 the reason I said it was real, because I think it would take a woman to make him face that. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. It's like his job is not going to make him face his emotional mm-hmm. stuff the way yeah. a woman or a woman's love. Mm-hmm. More importantly, mm-hmm. this woman was like, listen, we have a shot at actually having happiness, I'm giving you my love mm-hmm. in order for you to really accept it. You have to heal this old wound. So I love that scene between him and Madeline. And I really loved him going to Vesper's, um, the mausoleum or whatever that was. And, um, when he said he took a beat and you were sitting there, everybody was like kind of waiting. What's he going to say or what's going to happen? Cause you know, we've dealt with this Vesper thing. We've yeah. seen this like through all these films, we know what this means to him. And all he says is, I miss you. And it was like, oh, that was a gut punch. Mm-hmm. Like, I felt that. And I really love that scene. But I got to say, and we'll, again, we'll, like you said, we'll get into this later. But when Vesper's crypt or whatever um, explodes and everything jumps off, mm-hmm. I love what happens. I love the whole chase scene. I loved all of mm-hmm. it. But I got to say, I wish they would have come back to Vesper in some kind of way because it was almost like, was him saying, I miss you. Was that it? Like what he was that him cleansing himself. It was almost like, you know, Mm -hmm. I needed him to have a conversation Mm -hmm. with somebody about that Mm -hmm. to say, yeah, you know, I went to her grave, you know, this way, something, you know, to, to kind of tie it off. But I love the, the chase scene. I loved, um, the DB. Oh man, that car, when it was the back car, you know what I'm saying? It was like when he dropped those bombs, I was like, it was like, all right. And then, I love the scene with, um, like you said, when they're the, they're shooting at the car. Primo and his boys are, you know, trying to take this car apart, and Bond is just sitting there because he feels like he's he's basically thinking I've been betrayed again. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? He's he's almost like lost his will at that point, and he, she's screaming at him like, you know, please, James, please. And he finally just looks at her and says, okay. And he hits that switch and those guns, <laughs> those guns come out. It was like, we've seen it in the trailers, but it was yeah. different seeing it on the big it, screen. It really was in, um, in real time and con- yes, continuity. in context. Yeah. yeah, it was, it was, that was great. So I really, really enjoy this pre-titles. I'm trying to think ranking, you know, not that everything needs to be ranked, but just thinking about the, the, the Craig movies, I'm trying to think, did I like it better than any of the other ones? Um, I definitely liked it better than Spectre's pre-titles. 
Um, I would say it's better than it's better than Skyfall's pre-titles. Um, Quantum has Quantum has a great car chase. Quantum has a great car chase. It's probably better than a Quantum pre-title just because there's so much more in No Time to Die. Mm -hmm. It's just a better Mm pre-title sequence. Casino, that's tough. Construction site. The the whole whole thing. Does the construction site happen before? No, the construction site is after the pre-title. After the titles. So the pre-titles are just. His assassination of um oh oh yes 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 yeah, his right assassination right. of uh, which is the effectively dirty the how he gets his double O exactly but Casino is just such a great film that it's hard mm-hmm. it's hard to say anything's better than Casino mm-hmm. in any capacity yeah. um so I have to wait and listen again we're recording this literally we've only been out of the theater for a couple of hours we both got to see this movie again so all of our Thoughts and feelings and ratings and rankings are kind of yeah, like, yeah. you know, I'm come completely with an in my bond feelings over this. I mean, I got <laughs> I got notes up because it's like I'm going to I'm going to get people's names wrong. I'm going <laughs> to miscount the number of films. Uh, there's all kind of stuff. That I don't I'm even remember driving hard. home. I just, I don't even remember. How, I don't know how we got downtown to like South. I don't even remember. Cause I'm like, I was in like in a daze, you yeah, know, cause yeah. it's like, what, what happened? Yeah. Um, all right. So we both love the pre-titles, excellent pre-titles, probably, the probably the best of the Craig era, um, maybe tied with a uh, casino, but probably the best. How did you feel about the song and the actual title sequence? So really like the title sequence. Um, you know, Casino Royale is my high mark. Um, for, for I, good reason. I watched that the other day. I watched Casino Royale yeah, the other yeah. day and that title sequence, man, yeah, it's insane. Those, right? those, that was, that's, it's, 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 it's definitely top definitely talk. Um, I liked, I really liked the nod to Dr. No when they transitioned from the ending of the pre-title to the title sequence itself. Um, I, I don't know if it was deliberate, but there were, you know, some clock hands moving and at the end of each arm, there were these little hearts. So I don't know if that was like a callback to Casino Royale sort of saying, yeah, that was yeah. the first film. This That's the what I film. Um, I liked uh, a lot of the artifacts that, like the DB five falling to the bottom of the of the ocean. And... What was that? Okay, so explain that to me because the DB five at that point it gotten jacked up, mm-hmm. but it hadn't fallen to the bottom. So what was that? I didn't get that motif. I, you know, I I, I thought that it was going to be kind of a signal, sort of like how Thunderball is like there's going to be a lot of water that's yeah, involved. But yeah. That never really no. happened. That never trans, that didn't relate to, it was, it was a lot I mean, of water when you got to Saffin's Island, but it's like, nah, not exactly yeah. that way. I didn't get the, it was like, okay, I didn't know what that was. Cause a lot of it took place underwater. The way the, the way the, like things were like there underwater decaying and stuff like yeah, that. And feel I it. Get to that. Um, One thing I didn't like was I didn't like the, the the pick the people the faces coming up i because there were a few times you saw james Bell, there were a few times you saw madeline once you saw vesper maybe you saw him maybe you didn't maybe it was I, I didn't really understand what that was supposed to be i you know and again i think this is one of the reasons um you know the second viewing is going to help me on that one because the, for, the only reason the only thing i didn't like about them is they happened so quickly that i couldn't really get a fix on the uh-huh. face before it was gone and also i didn't like though they did the same thing in Inspector. You know, mm. the Spectre title sequence showed Vesper. Remember, she they showed her drowning. Yeah. It was like, oh, God, that messed me up. But 
And then Spectre really didn't, you know, as a film, I don't think paid it lived up to that. So this time they kind of lived up to it. The film did, mm-hmm. but I felt like, man, they've already kind of done that before in the previous film with the trees. Um, but you know, really quickly, and this is, this is probably gonna happen multiple times in this episode because we just saw the film. One thing I forgot about the pre-titles, mm-hmm. we, we, we would be remiss if we did not mention when Madeline and Bond are driving and he says, you know, we have all the time in the world. Oh Yes. And yeah. then you hear the strings, uh-huh. you hear the strings come in. And I was like, oh shit. I, f- I love that shit. And the, that, and was, that was perfect. The that Louis was perfect. Armstrong theme playing in the Beautiful, yeah. beautiful. And I kind of feel like obviously the majesty stuff comes up throughout the, the movie. Mm-hmm. I almost wish that was the only nod. Like I kind of, I, you know, I, I'm on a fence with it again. I, I probably make up have a completely different reaction when the second time I see it. But right now it's like, I'm kind of on the fence with it. I like the fact when they said it at the beginning and it was like that little nod and then it kind of went away. Mm-hmm. But later on you get this, you, they, they get a little bit more heavy handed with it, but it's kind of like, this is why I say I'm on the fence. It's almost appropriate because man, this film has a lot of ties mm-hmm. ton- tonally to majesties. Mm-hmm. All right, we'll get to that. Um, the song though. You yep. like the you did you when you I mean we've been listening to the song for over a year now. Right. So do you like the song? I can't remember. I did like the song. I I did think that it was um, I I forgot how I described it, but you know the ballad, the sort of the power ballad. It's like Sam Smith's theme, Adele's theme, and then now Billie Eilish's theme. They kind of follow the same format. Right. And um, I. I listened to it a lot last year mm-hmm. when it was released along with the video. Mm-hmm. Saw the video a couple times. Um because my daughter, you know, is a, digs Billie Eilish, so mm-hmm. I'm listening to it. Um I I enjoyed it better with the title sequence. So I guess you could say I didn't mind it so much. Um but yeah, I was fine with it. Like for example, I don't necessarily care for Sam Smith's yeah. song. Yeah. Um, What's the name of that song? That one has something about time too, isn't it? Yeah. No, writings on the wall. Yeah. Okay. No. And but, but, but that was for what? Was that for? Uh, that was for Spectre. That was for Spectre, and then Adele was for right Sky. So Adele did Skyfall. Yeah. Um, but you know, th- this title sequence though, there was n- there weren't any naked women in the title no, sequence. Not a one. Hmm. No silhouettes. Nope. I think there were silhouettes of naked women in Spectre. There definitely were in Skyfall um, and um, uh, Quantum. And in Casino, I don't There really know weren't there any were in naked. Casino because there were so many yeah. card metaphors. Yeah, and he was fighting throughout that whole thing. Uh, so, uh-huh, right. Yeah, so he bookends his with two non. And I mean, it kind of fits, you know, the non-traditional, you know, whole Craig era. So. But you know the the, the Billy Idol song, I liked it um, when I first heard it. Mm-hmm. I was hoping. I remember when they premiered that song over a year ago, a year and a half ago, I think now. Um, I was hoping for him to go out on more of a Chris Cornell, you know my name type joint. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, a, a banger almost like that, where it was very aggressive. Um, so I was kind of disappointed that they went the ballad route again. But then when I listened to the song more, I was like, I like this song. Mm-hmm. You know, I, I think it's it's a it's a and it has a Bondian feel to it. You know, it does have just... Bondian feel to it, and I think they were trying to match the tones, like what you're saying, because because um, Quantum that theme was done by Jack White and Alicia Keys. Jack, right, mm-hmm. another way to die, and that was more you know upbeat, 
Mm, that way, yeah, that was the first two. Yeah, were aggressive, and then ballot, ballot, ballot. Yeah, yeah. All right, so let's get into what you. I know you always call this like the meat of the episode. Um, rated bond. I think this is going to go all over the damn place, which is fine. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so, how did you feel, James Bond as a character, before they murked him? Um, how did mm. how did you feel he performed in this in this movie? Um, well, like I said earlier, to sort of prelude this section, um, you know, Bond Bond has retired, and um, he's retired for real. For real, for real, for real, for real, you know, five years. Blofeld's locked up. He's met Madeline. He wants to, wants to move forward. So there, there are a lot of vulnerabilities that Craig is manifesting through Bond that worked for me. You know, even, even at the, in the third act when he suits up, you know, and he and Nomi, Sean Lynch's character, you know, go in to Saffin's Island and, you know, tear it up. You know, he still has these vulnerabilities that he's using, you know, for strategic plays in certain situations. Um, that works for me. I thought that um, um, I really I really felt the way that Craig played it. I really felt that Bond was just so seasoned. Mm, yeah yeah you definitely got the in his career that he wasn't he wasn't um intimidated isn't the right word i don't think he was ever intimidated by by lashana lynch by nomi i don't think you know i don't think he was ever bent out of shape about about she being 007 007. that designation um i think it stung him but i don't think that she was like, what do you think they would retire the number? <laughs> right, 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 right. Hanging right. on the Raptor somewhere. Right. Um, the MI6 right above M's, yeah, exactly. M's desk. <laughs> um, you know, but clearly he still, it was, it was basically like he could turn it on. He knew he could turn it on when he needed to turn it on. Cuba, for example. and um, Great sequence. And he could refit it, that same, that same, seasoning when he needed to protect whom he loved his you know baby mama and his baby <laughs> you know and, uh, and i'm thinking about ever think you would hear that in a james bond <laughs> right. film wow. and i'm thinking about the sequence in the forest mm-hmm. right when he knows that he's he's outmanned he's certainly out he's like whatever they were driving was not going to outpower all those range rovers right you know so he had to rely on just core skill training which he which he did very effectively when he was driving i was like okay because it was like there's like four or five of them he ran all of them off the road yeah Yeah. so yeah that was that was just skill yeah um so i there you know there's a there was a lot to like um in this that it was a different bond than that was in inspector certainly in skyfall yes that's the understatement you know what i mean it was a very different bond. He was in control throughout the entire film. Even when he wasn't in control, he still maintained some semblance of control in being able to strategize what his next move is. Mm-hmm. You know, I, I think you know this is one of those things when you talk about the nuances of a character, which is essentially what this rated bond section is about. This is something that definitely demands multiple viewings in order to like really grasp. You know. 
So I'm just, I'm actually putting that as a, you know, as a, another asterisk by my next comments. But for me, he, there's two different ways to look at Bond in this film. One is kind of the surface, like Bond things, you know, the Bond that we've gotten to know over the last four films and the Bond tropes that we've known throughout the years. Mm-hmm. Um, and as untraditional as this movie was, was there, there was a lot of things, traditional things thrown in there. You know, mm-hmm. he had the gadgets, yeah, um, the car and the quips, mm-hmm. you know, there's probably more quips, at least more quips that actually worked. And maybe that's um, credit to Phoebe Waller-Bridge, who was brought on um, to help with the script, I think, uh, specifically for some of the dialogue. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, you know, there was more quips and stuff in this you know, film, I think, than maybe even the, more than Spectre. Spectre had a lot, too. But yeah, this was a different, this was a bond in retirement. Mm-hmm. I really felt that Inspector, he was, it was very clear that they were trying to give you the old school bond. Mm-hmm. You know, it was like, yeah, we've heard you guys. The first three Craig movies were a very different type bond. So Inspector, we're going to give you the quips. He's going to have the swagger back. He's going to have all these things that, you know, you guys have been wanting. Yeah. And to me, a lot of it didn't work. Mm-hmm. You know, some of it worked, some of it didn't work. You know, a lot of it didn't work. But here he's a very, it's not just that he has the quips. It's not just that he has, he has the attitude and the, he's just, like you said, he's just very retired. You know, mm-hmm. you have that sense of someone who is so seasoned that they, they're trying hard, but it doesn't look like they're trying hard, yeah. you know, but you know, they're trying hard, mm-hmm. you know, you know, they're putting in the work mm-hmm. and I had that feeling for him throughout this whole movie and it was, it was good. And it was almost and this is where the second part of my statement, this is why I say I look at this two different ways. This is where it kind of bridges into the Daniel Craig part of the conversation. Because I said to you, when we left the theater, I said, listen, I kind of feel like that was more of a Daniel Craig movie than a bond movie. Mm, And I don't think at this point, I don't think I mean that as a criticism. I've said that about other movies where, um, we brought up dark Knight rises before I always felt, I still feel like dark Knight rises is more of a Chris Nolan movie than a Batman movie. It just had Batman just happens to be in it. You know, it's like all these things happen that really, to me, you didn't need Batman in this movie. Mm-hmm. You know, you needed the justice league really to come and clean, you know, to handle, <laughs> handle everything that was going on <laughs> up in there. But that's another podcast. Right. But yeah, it just felt very un Batman to me. Whereas this film, because Craig has kind of crafted his own version of 007, it felt appropriate that this movie, that line between Daniel Craig and James Bond kind of got erased in this movie. Mm -hmm. And I felt like I was watching Daniel Craig slash James Bond. You know what I'm saying? If that makes sense, Daniel Craig first slash James Bond, you know? And again, I don't mean that as a criticism. I think it worked for the film. Um, He just felt very much like I'm this character now. And I've been doing this for a while. This is my coda. This is how it's ending. And this is how I'm going to play. Daniel Craig is James Bond. Daniel Craig is James Bond. Uh Right. Exactly. And that's why it's hard for me to kind of like really judge Bond in this film, Mm -hmm. the way we've done them in the previous 007 encounters, because in those previous episodes, it was James Bond, even Sean Connery, you know, listen, Sean Connery, that's, that was a line for Thunderball or whatever. Yeah. Sean Connery is James Bond. Yeah. So it's like, 
and I think I even said in Russia from Russia with love is like Sean Connery almost made instead of him playing James Bond, he made James Bond play him, you know, it was like that kind of thing, but he's, he was the originator, yeah. you know, of the on, on screen, uh, the, the cinematic James Bond, mm-hmm. but even Connery's bond was bond. Whereas this one is Daniel Craig slash bond, mm-hmm. you know, it's just a very different thing. And again, got to go see the movie again, but I feel like he did a good job of, you know, playing that character throughout the two and a half to two hours and 40 something minutes. Um, and giving him the proper kind of like last, uh, giving us a last look at that character. Mm-hmm. And it felt, it felt right to me. Um, how he performed, you know, being a little bit more specific. I loved his, um, the interplay he had with the Bond women, I thought was pretty much great across the board. Standout was Paloma. Yes. You yeah. know? Oh, yes. Um, the Paloma scenes. Ana and, Armas. Yeah. Yeah. Ana Darmas, the, his his rapport with her, which actually surprised me. Based on the trailers, I thought the best rapport was going to be, or the best byplay was going to be between him and Nomi, because mm-hmm. there were the trailers. Their their byplay looked great in the trailers. Yeah. It, was it was good, good in the movie, yeah. but his rapport with Ana Darmas I thought was better. Um, and maybe they just play off of each other better. I don't know. They were also in in Knives Out together, mm-hmm. um, but their their rapport and just how they. Uh, and, and her character was great as well. Um, uh, Paloma's character was great, but just the way he kind of played, like he's the older, more experienced agent, but you never felt like he was kind of like, you know, that wasn't the main point of the scenes with her. Mm -hmm. It wasn't that I'm this, you know, veteran agent. So let me show you how this goes. Mm -hmm. He was almost kind of following her lead at some points, but he was also still, you know, Daniel Craig, James Bond, (laughs) you know, so it was cool. And then his rapport with Madeline, of course, it was, it was much better than it was the inspector. I think their chemistry is much better than the inspector. Um, like I said, with uh, Nomi, it wasn't what I thought it was. It wasn't as great as what I thought it was going to be, but it was still very good. Um, Money Penny, of course, I wanted a Money Penny scene. Like I wanted a scene where it was like him flirting with Money Penny. Yeah. I, was, I was kind of upset I didn't get that, mm-hmm. you know, because I feel like if you go back and watch Skyfall, the byplay between him and Naomi Harris is like one of the standouts of that film. Yeah. They have like two incredible scenes and to me are some of the top bond money penny scenes. Mm-hmm. Um, the first one being uh, when, you know, he comes back to MI6 and she's like, you know, um, I've been put on with leave or whatever. Something about shooting 007. <laughs> All that stuff was great. Uh-huh. Then in uh, uh, the apartment, the, the, the hotel is not in Thailand. Where is it? It's not Thailand. I can't remember. Oh, um, the hotel yeah. where she's shaving him, yeah. you know, that the dialogue there is incredible. So I wanted a money penny scene and I was, I was, I wanted him to come back and like for them to have a little byplay, you know, when he's before he goes and sees them. Um, and then the action, I thought he was great. You know, the action, he was great. The emotion. I mean, we got to talk about this, man, the emotion of this movie. And I think the relationship the the kind of like camaraderie and the relationship between the love between him and Felix. Yeah. yeah. It was great. It makes you a little bit upset because it's like, why didn't they have him in Skyfall and, you know, Spectre? Mm-hmm. Felix should have been in those mm-hmm. movies too. But Craig and Jeffrey Wright, and Jeffrey Wright has talked about this because they were in another, Jeffrey Wright and him were in a movie. I can't remember the name mm-hmm. of it. When Craig found out that he was getting the the Bond role, you know, what, 15 to what, how many ever years ago that was. Um, he and Jeffrey Wright were actually filming a, a movie at that time oh, okay. in Baltimore of all places. Mm-hmm. 
And that's when Daniel Craig got the call that, you know, you're it, you know, you're, you're the next bond. Mm -hmm. So they go back Mm -hmm. and I thought they did a really good job in this film of giving them the space to show the chemistry between Mm -hmm. them. Um, And it was great, you know? Um, So I I really like Daniel. I'm going to keep calling him Daniel Craig, James Bond. I really like Daniel Craig, James Bond um, in that regard. Um, So overall I would rate bond Daniel Craig, James Bond. I'd rate them very high in this movie. Uh, I'm trying to think just to have some, you know, some uh, diametric opposition or to at least play devil's advocate. If there's anything I didn't like um, about his portrayal of Bond in this film, can you think, is there anything you that jumps out to you that you didn't like? Nothing that jumps out. Um, I think, I think it's just because he's, he's, he knows the role, you know, this, this movie felt, it felt very collaborative. Mm-hmm. I mean, it felt like you were talking about, you could tell that an American made this film. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, it felt like um, Craig and uh, Fukunaga um, and even, you know, Broccoli Wilson, that they, they, they curated the production of this film with the overarching knowledge that this would be Craig's last film. Um Mm-hmm. It's interesting you said that though. It's interesting you said that though, just really quickly, because one of the for Carrie Fukunaga, one of the things that um, I've read or heard actors say about him, or other or producers, mm-hmm. or whatever, is that he is very collaborative. Mm-hmm. You know, he's very much like you know, get everybody's thoughts, and you know, let's let's you know, he has his own way of doing things. Obviously, he's the director, so the, you know, a lot of the final say is with him, mm-hmm. but. Um, from what I've heard, he is very collaborative. Yeah, I just feel that, um, like Thunderball, mm-hmm. when we did the 007 and County episode on Thunderball, you know, I remarked how James Bond films, when they get into plot and story, sometimes they get in the weeds. Like, I have difficulty, now it just could be my, you know, level of intelligence, but no, I think I, no, I, think I know what you're saying. You yeah. know, it's, it's, they're thick. And Thunderball and did sometimes they just don't make no damn yeah. sense. Yeah. <laughs> right. and, and you know, and Thunderball had a really good way of taking you through the story, but they still mm. kept well. Where are we in the plot? Like, like how does this relate to what the initial mission of you know what Spectre's plan was that kicked this whole thing off? How, where does all that still fit? You were able to get through the whole thing and understand that when you got to the end mission was in fact accomplished. Everybody understood that. And I felt the same way about this and Safin's journey. Um, uh, You knew that he was a madman, but you, you were like, yeah, okay. Well, if he was the only survivor of his family and his, you know, his dad happened to be the, you know, the poison, you know, operative, you know, you know, it just, Oh, you know, in, in, in a whole fantasy, you know, Bondian world where the world's famous spy never goes by an alias because they don't make any sense. They're not <laughs> used for Everybody knows what his drink is, all that. Right. It right. makes sense, you know? Um, and I think that that really speaks to that collaborative kind of crafting that very likely went on in the production of this. And it's, it's also interesting, you brought up, you said fantasy a minute ago. This this is the most fantastical Bond in the Craig era, you know, in, in the sense of you get a, first of all, you get a, 
a, a villain who is, you know, about to destroy the world or half of the mm-hmm. world or whatever, which hasn't happened, mm-hmm. you know, in a Craig mm-hmm. film. You know, he had he went up against Spectre, so you can argue that yeah, Spectre has has you know they don't not necessarily world domination, but well, I guess from the shadows, world domination. Um, but this is the first like Craig Bond film where it's like, yeah, I'm going up against a madman who, if I don't stop him, as he as he says in the film, there'll be nothing left to mm, say, right. you know, that's happened many a times in Connery, you know, uh, Roger Moore era, you know mm-hmm. what I'm saying? But, um, even the Pierce Brosnan era, but this is the first time. So, and, and it is, you know, you had probably not necessarily, I don't think you had any other, like really out of this world type gadgets. Um, but it was a lot of gadgets in this movie and the, you know, most of them car related, and you had, I remember that one scene where the, it was a dope scene where the villains dropped that, it looked like a bomb mm-hmm. down that shaft and it dispersed those magnets. And then you'd find out, oh, they've got, their suits have special magnets and it helps them drop down that shaft. Dope. Yeah. I, wish that, I wish that was a Bond gadget. I wish, I wish that was like Q's thing. Cause I'm like, damn, that would have been, that would have been real cool mm-hmm. to see Bond mm-hmm. use that. Um, so I, I think it's, it's notable though, that this was, you know, for, for, Daniel Craig, this was, this movie was very different as a Bond film in compared to the rest of the series. But for Craig, it was different also in the sense that he got to do some kind of traditional Bond things mm-hmm. that he didn't get to do. So it's kind of, it's interesting. It kind of walked that, you know, that line and kind of was very untraditional, but also has some very traditional elements to it. Um, I will say though, one thing, just thinking about rated Bond, when we've done this for previous films, we're kind of like looking at Bond in a um, kind of like isolating. Okay. He's he's in this isolated mm-hmm. place because usually what happens is he gets his mission, he goes off. Yeah. Yeah. You know, he may have some contact with um, MI6 with M or Money Penny, and then occasionally we see we've seen Q come out into the field. You know, mm-hmm. but in the Craig films, especially these last two, there's a lot of like you know Q Money Penny. Um, M, you know, uh, even uh, Tanner, yes. you know, there's like, a lot of yes. them. Yeah. And I've heard, you know, some of the, the uh, Bond fans have grumbled about the fact that, you know, no, we just want to see, you know, Bond go off on his mission mm-hmm. um, and stop all this group shit. Mm-hmm. This one, if like, if that's your opinion, like you really walked out of this movie mad because they were throughout yeah, yeah, this was a very film. Mission Impossible type crew. This was like, I mean, he was, I don't think he was ever alone. No. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? It was like until the end, I don't think he was ever by himself. So it was like, yeah, it was very much a, this was a group effort. You know, it was a group effort. Yeah, I think the so. only time he was really alone was when he, um, um, him, Madeline, and uh, Matilda were escaping the house. Right, in the forest. In the forest. Yeah, that was it. And I halfway expected, like, Q to have sent, like, you know, uh, uh, some of the Royal or somebody, somebody's Air Force. Yeah, from that at region. first I thought you the helicopter was, 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 was the yeah, Calvary. Yeah, yeah, it was, right. I thought somebody, yeah, I thought the Calvary was going to show up. Um, but, I, you know, I think, again, this was a very different bond but it, it was a bond that made sense i think it was daniel craig's james bond made sense in this movie for him mm-hmm. you know because this movie really I, you know we're gonna say this i've said it before i'm gonna say it again we're probably gonna mention it again before this episode is over but there were very strong parallels between this and majesties mm-hmm. you know majesties as far i mean you had a completely different james bond obviously you had lazenby um as opposed to sean connery so you literally had a different bond, 
But if you look at Majesties within the, you know, in the canon of these other movies, it definitely is like that, you know, one of these kids is not like mm-hmm. the others. It's, mm-hmm. it's definitely out there mm-hmm. by itself as far as how that film fits into the other ones, not just because of what happens at the end of Majesties, but just the tone of that movie overall. Um, and the James Bond in there is a very different Bond. And I think that's this Craig Bond, Daniel Craig's James Bond throughout his run, but specifically this movie mm-hmm. is just really different than any mm-hmm. other of the Bonds that we've seen. Um, so it made sense to me. Um, what did you think about yeah, the conversation about between Bond and Blofeld? Um, I thought that was a little disappointing. Thank you. Because for, for one, for one, now, you know, uh, what's his, what's Chris, Christoph Waltz. He has publicly said that he felt like his portrayal of Blofeld did meet his own expectations mm-hmm. with Inspector. Okay. Yeah. So he was actually happy to come back and have another shot mm-hmm. at it. I think, mm-hmm. you know, in this mm-hmm. movie, and I felt that that was kind of, mm, I don't want to use the term wasted, but it did feel like I wanted more out of that because the conversation, he, he basically just kept telling Bond, Madeline has a secret. When it comes out, it's going to blow your mind. I still don't know. Was that the baby? Was that, was that the secret? Was that what he's talking about? Or was he talking about, like, what was he talking I think about? That, that I the think the deal? secret had more to do with Safin. So she knows Safin's identity. Yeah. Okay, that wasn't. You know what I'm saying it's like that's a secret, but it's not like she knew his whole plan, you know. And she right. knows that he has these, you know, that he's taken over this um, DNA, you know, what do you call them, uh, nanobots. She, he didn't know. She didn't know all that. Yeah. So, yeah. But anyway, Blofeld kept telling Bond that, but their conversation to me it felt a little bit forced. Yeah, um, I didn't. We didn't get any. I don't. I didn't get any new information from the conversation out of Blofeld. It just seemed to me that 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 they needed to do that because a, if you got Blofeld in the film, that's kind of dope. Um, mm-hmm. B, we needed Bond. We needed the agent, the DNA agent, to be administered to Blofeld so that Bond exactly. could figure out the relationship between all these chemicals, like what's really yeah. what's really going on. Yeah, which it to me was kind of I didn't like that plot point because it felt like they had already in the, in the from the writing standpoint it felt like they had decided okay, Blofeld is going to get that you know because Safin wants him to die right. so he's going to get that how are we going to make that happen yeah. you know oh well Bond will you know lose control and grab him mm-hmm. you know after having touched uh, Madeline's wrist he'll grab him and die Blofeld die mm-hmm. and then he'll regain composure. Mm-hmm. And it just felt like that, that felt a little forced. Like that felt like, okay, that, that, like I could feel the writing, you know what I'm saying? It's like, you never want to feel the mm-hmm. writing to that degree when you're watching the film. Um, but I'll tell you this though, man, what became apparent to me about Blofeld and Bond's, you know, how his relationship, everything with Blofeld, Blofeld is actually the least scariest thing about Spectre. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. When Spectre in the, you know, in the beginning of this movie, when, you know, he picks up the card and even though that was Blofeld, you know, with the bomb mm-hmm. and everything at, at Vesper's grave, but, you know, the Spectre agents and, um, or what we thought were Spectre agents and then, you know, the breaking it, just the whole kind of like ominous feel of Spectre felt a little bit more like scary to me, like a, as an organization. Mm-hmm. But once Blofeld gets in the picture, he's just not a scary, you know, He's just not, you know, it's not, it's not Thunderball anymore. You can't mm-hmm. just, you know, call a meeting, 
kill somebody in a chair and then it's like we're going to fear you you know what i'm saying mm-hmm. it's like we it's a completely different thing now so the whole specter thing the way they set him up in specter that always just fell flat to me and seeing him in this film that scene it kind of felt a little flat to me again because you, like you said we didn't get any new information and then he just dies yeah and i'm like what was the point of yeah. that? <laughs> it's like, why was he, I don't understand why, you know, why he was in this movie. I've always, I've said it before, man, I'm going to say it again. My favorite villain of the bond of the Daniel Craig era is Mr. White. Mm. And I really regret the way that I, I like the, you know, I like the whole scene with him inspector and, you know, you're a kite dancing in a hurricane, Mr. Mm-hmm. Wayne, Mr. Mm-hmm. Uh, I'll say Mr. Wayne, Mr. Bond, um, which is a great, one of the best lines out of in the entire series. But he's the best villain to me. I loved him in, in casino. I really loved him in quantum, mm-hmm. you know, mm-hmm. the whole, the opera uh, sequence. So I, I feel like they, they've kind of wasted him and Blofeld to me is just, he's just I'm like, nah, meh, meh. So, um, all right. So any other thoughts on bond? Um, and I guess, I don't know. Well, I, I think this, we do last words every time. And I think we're going to have a lot yeah, of last I words. So, so I got some other thoughts. We'll say those for last words. So let's get into, uh, to women versus villain. So who, who do we have on the list? Let's, let's lay this out. Who do we have on the bond women side? Obviously we have Madeline. Right. We have Madeline. We have, we have Nomi. We have money penny and we have, uh, Paloma. I feel like we're are we leaving we're not leaving somebody well, Matilda, else. Like, she was down. <laughs> Matilda, yeah. Um oh, you know what though? Let's hold on, going back to Rated Bond just really quickly. How did you feel Bond as a father? So <laughs> how did she how did you the feel breakfast the, scene the, when he's cooking a little girl breakfast okay. was hilarious. Okay. Because you're seeing domesticated Bond. You're domesticated seeing, Bond. Yeah, you're seeing Haven't seen that Bond. since Live and Let Die when he made uh M a cup of coffee. Exactly. <laughs> right, right. So, um, I guess, I guess, I guess in Europe, you'd say, you're, you know, you're saying you're seeing football dad. Okay. Mom. Is that what they say? Oh, All right. Soccer mom. Think about that. Oh, football yeah. dad. Okay. If there's yeah, any yeah. edit, this will be the edit. Now we're leaving that in. <laughs> I, you know what? I like that. I was, I mean, this is, this is sort of, this is sort of, um, anal, I guess, but I didn't, I got why Madeline kept telling bond she's not yours mm-hmm. but then she was okay with him knowing that that was her daughter it it, uh, it threw me off i didn't understand what the what the problem was there do you think do you think okay this may maybe. this may be because he ca- he, they- he, ca- he suspected from jump Right. He never asked, well, if it's not she, well, who, who's her father? Right. Um, cause it's the timeline works out yeah. in five years. It's, you know, me and you were together. So what's yeah. up? Yeah. Um, so it was weird that he never asked that, but do you think it may have something to do? Obviously the, you know, you, we could say, well, she told him that because her heart, he, she, he broke her heart and she doesn't want him to have, she doesn't have anything to do with him and she doesn't want him in her life at all. Mm-hmm. Meaning, mm-hmm. you know, selfish reasoning of course you know let's be mm-hmm. real if you mm-hmm. as a parent mm-hmm. you have to put the kids you know ahead of any any of your feelings heartbroken or not so if in a real world sensibility she should have you know yes this is your daughter you know for her daughter's sake yeah. you know because yeah. so her daughter can have a father in her life but the other side is that having grown up with an assassin as a father mm-hmm. does she not want you know bond 
even though Bond is retired, does she not want him? So there, I, there's a couple of different things, and but I, I agree that should have. I think that should have explained some of that, you know, because it threw um, it threw me off when um, it threw me off when the Saffin's assassins were coming to the house, mm-hmm. and he's talking to either Q or M. And he was like, why is Nomi over there when she's supposed to be? And then he like clicks like, oh, snap, we're in danger. Mm-hmm. My first thought was, oh, so did, did Ash, did Logan Ash, the, basically the, the Saffin plant in the CIA that betrayed and shot Felix, he's like, he's like did he hook up with Madeline? <laughs> and now he's, he, you know, I mean, I really thought right. that for a minute and then right. it all just kind of didn't. Basically, I thought that all the way through to do getting crushed by the car. <laughs> yeah. I was like, yeah, which was a dope was scene a too, scene. by the way. Uh, it reminded me that that scene, him killing Ash reminded me a little bit. And uh, I think it was for your eyes only when mm. Roger kicked that car off the, yeah. uh, yeah. the, the yeah. cliff. And dude was it in it. reminded me of that. Yeah, that yeah, was, yeah, a, that was, was like, a great scene. Cold yeah. blood. <laughs> like, yeah, I'm still that dude. Um, all right. So, yeah. So for Bond women, uh, we have, uh, like you said, Madeline, Nomi, Money Penny, Paloma, um, and a special shout out to Matilda. And then for the villains, we just have Safin, Blofeld, and then the, the Primo was the henchman, right. the main henchman. So that's it for the villains, right? Um, I think so. Well, you could say Ash. Okay, Ash. Yeah, we'll throw. He killed Felix, mm-hmm. so we gotta throw him in there with his punk ass. Um, so Ash is. And well, technically, um, Oberchev, the scientist. Okay. Okay. Yeah. Okay. We'll just throw him in there too. So, who do you think? Who performed? Who sh- who showed up better in this film? Bond women or Bond villains? Who who was your? Who who performed best in this movie? I think the women performed best. Okay. You were talking before the show. I remember. I thought you were going to lean more towards the. Villains. I was. Okay, why do you I think, was. What changed your mind? Paloma. Paloma. Okay. Yeah, I, I didn't factor Paloma in. Mm-hmm. Um, I thought that. I thought that. Well, you 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 said much of it, but the. The chemistry between the two characters. I mean, the the actors themselves, but the chemistry between the two characters really gelled with me. Um, Bond, and this speaks to that whole seasoning thing. It's like, you know, Bond deferred to her as the lead. He was, you know, support, but he was also James Bond, who's about to come in and get this done. He was, yeah. yeah. And she supported him when he needed to. She led when she needed to. And and they just worked, you know, they they really worked well together. Um, And that was kind of, that was kind of a cool, it's like, it was like a cool tangent, even though it was very relative to the plot. It did did feel like a (laughs) tangent, didn't it? Yeah. It it felt like an outtake. Yeah. Okay. It was like, it was like (laughs) on my way to the mission. I right. got up into this. this. <laughs> yeah. got, you know what I mean? This jumped off. <laughs> jumped right. off. <laughs> a funny thing happened on my way yeah. to the mention, yeah. mission. Yeah. It did. And it literally ended. Like, she was like, okay, thanks for working or whatever she said. Yeah. Bye. And they had and a know, drink and the they, and it was you like, know, boom. She went left. He went right. And she still, you know, because um, she was the one that saw uh, Oberchev, uh, um, yeah, Oberchev escaping. Mm-hmm. So she drove the car right, into the scaffolding right. so that he would fall and then Bond got him. And then, you know, then right. they really split. 
Right, right. Yeah, and so yeah, she it, was, yes, she was but great. It did feel like that, yeah. Um, so okay, so you like the Bond women better, but do you feel like the Bond villains didn't show up? They well showed at all? up you showed very well. They up I very mean, well. Primo, I thought Primo was done in the pre-title in the pre-titles. Yeah, because when he banged his head up against that concrete, I thought he killed. Yeah, I did too. Yeah. <laughs> I thought it was a wrap, and then Primo just kept showing up. Um. And got a great day. Got a great day. It, it really was a thing where Bond, I felt like Bond was like, you know what? I'm just so tired of this dude. <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> this motherfucker shows up. Oh, he, you were only supposed to be in the pre-title. Exactly. Like, why do you exactly. keep showing up? I keep having to fight this dude. Right, right. I tell you what, though, if Blofeld, if I, I, it's like I want to say I enjoyed Waltz as Blofeld more here. Mm hmm. Inspector, because Bector, he was so very anemic. It was very anemic, Blofeld. Mm-hmm. Um, but the scene just didn't make a lot of sense. Like I, I just believe we could have found that information out. I, you know, I also don't think him and Craig have good chemistry. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I don't. I don't think they play well off of each other. And I don't. If I if I had to pick one scene in the film where I where I would say Daniel Craig wasn't as great as he is in the other scenes, it would be that mm-hmm. scene. Mm-hmm. You know, he he wasn't as great in that scene as he was in like to me, his scenes with uh Jeffrey Wright were at the top. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, that was like that was tight. And then these the scenes with Blofeld were at the bottom. So yeah, I think they don't play well off. I each just felt like they had too much history between each other for 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 Craig to deliver the dialogue in kind of a almost, you know, sarcastic, coy way. Yeah, yeah. That felt a little off. Yeah. It seemed like that would have been the moment where he would have been a little bit more, not not maybe emotional isn't the right word, but he would have been a little bit more raw. Yeah, like, 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 like look, I've known you since we're kids. We, yeah, right. Yeah, you tried to you done you done you told me last movie that you're the author of all my all my. I hate that line. I'm sorry. Whoever wrote that, I'm sorry. That was uh-huh. mean. But yeah, I, I don't like that line. But he, um, he, t- you know, you told me that you've done all these things. So I just, yeah, the sarcasm and the kind of the the dry wit didn't really work for me in that scene. But, um, but you like Saffin. You liked him as I a villain. I like Saffin. He was scary. I, you know how I like these the physical deformities and characteristics. Um, I thought that he was, um. He was cold, uh, which ties to scary. Um, the the mask that he wore at the beginning, um, in part to cover his face, but to also, it, you know, the part part of the way that I saw the mask was almost as a protective element, because maybe his skin mm. was so sensitive to the elements because it was very cold, yeah. temperature wise. You know, that's interesting. Hmm. Which which displayed you know a vulnerability mm-hmm. as well. Yeah, and a lot of villains have those vulnerabilities. Um, I think I agree with you. I'm going to go with the women as mm-hmm. well. Mm-hmm. And I think Paloma does. She, I mean, she's yeah, she's she's if if there's a if you need a tiebreaker, she's going to be the tiebreaker. Um, we talked about her a lot during this episode, but also Madeline. I got to give a shout out because Madeline 
Inspector, again, to use your term, she was very anemic to me, Inspector, mm. at mm. times. There was other times where I really liked her, but there's, for the most part, I just feel like Leah Sadu wasn't given enough, you know, to work with in that mm-hmm. movie as far mm-hmm. as, um, it was almost like you met her, she was very cold, and then, okay, why is she cold? Um, you know, my father is an assassin. I feel like that was all handled kind of surfacey when it should have been given a little bit more depth mm-hmm. to it. Um, but in this movie, again, from the pre-title sequence, she tells him and she calls him out, like, you know, we need, you need to deal with this so we can move, you know, you need to handle this Mm -hmm. Vesper thing. It started out with, okay, we're going to get a lot more out of Madeline. And I think she handled it very well. So her Paloma, I thought Nomi, Nomi's characters, I I told you when we left the theater, this is one of the few times um, where I saw a movie and I wished I hadn't seen the trailers, mm-hmm. not because the trailers weren't good or they spoiled anything, but just because there were so many, they, they did kind of spoil things. There were so many big like moments that happened in the trailer. Right. Um, you know, as far as like seeing Bond, you know, uh, get the, um, the living daylights, uh, Aston Martin, seeing him get out the car, fully suited up, you know, just different little beats. That's like, man, if I would have seen that the first time in the theater, that yeah. would really hit me hard. Um, but part, I I bring that up to say, because Nomi's, the byplay between her her and Bond was great in the Mm -hmm. trailers, you know, Mm -hmm. just, you know, I'm going to shoot you in the knee, the one that works, all the Jamaica stuff, um, when they get in the plane and he's like, you know, have you ever ever flown one of these before? And she's like, nope. All that stuff was in the trailer. So it was great. So by the time we get to the movie, it was still good, but it felt a little flat because I've seen it so many times and there was nothing new. There wasn't any more. Yeah, because it's like know, when they got to the office, then. It was him and Money Penny, him and M. Yeah, the, really... the, the conversation between him and M was great. You know, small desk, mm-hmm. big mm-hmm. desk, you're a small man. Yeah. You know, all that yeah. stuff was like, that was great. But yeah, him and Nomi, it was like, I didn't feel um, there was any more to that other than what I got in the trailer. Um, I really liked, I, so I, I liked Lashana Lynch in the role um i thought that she played the character a little stiff Mm. um what she didn't do was she didn't the character didn't exhibit the it wasn't as if the character felt she had something to prove Mm -hmm. in her actions Mm -hmm. um and i think we talked about this uh, I know we talked about this before we were taping, but I think we talked about this like right after we saw the movie. But the, the there was a certain point in the film where she re- she makes a request to M to give Bond the 007 designation back, right. and it seemed like we it seemed like, like something was missing. Yeah, like we, we missed, missed the there sequence. was a scene that was yeah we missed something to give some information they... for like when did that happen because Bond had started. He doesn't necessarily started to, but I mean, Bond had really kind of given her, like there was something that she did. And I think mm-hmm. it had to do with Madeline, but there was something that she did, Nomi, where, mm-hmm. where Bond said, thank you, 007. Oh yeah. I can't remember what that was. And the way that he delivered it, he was just, he, it was almost like passing the man. It was almost like, you got it. Mm-hmm. Right. This is who I'm you not, are. I'm not tripping. Yeah. 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 And and I think even when Q or uh M gave him back double O status, they didn't say we remember Nomi was like, Well double O right. and right. nobody right. answered her. Right. So it was like we don't know if they gave him back double O seven or we're just gonna give her a double O eight right. or double O nine. When, that, we when, don't know. She, when she said, Sir, I want you to I want you to give the numbers back, we don't and he was like, Okay, cool, fine. 
Yeah. M was like, yeah, fine. It was like, okay. Well, who's this now? Who's know me? Right. What number is she? <laughs> right. And what? And I'm sure that a lot of Bond fans, uh, specifically the ones who are not in favor of a black woman being 007 at all, they probably left No Time to Die thinking, okay, is she 007 again now? Or is she going to be? Yeah. You know, I'm sure they're upset about that. But I, you know, I, I liked her, and I think that I do feel like I said. I wish I would have gotten more than what was in the trailers. Yeah. I do feel like there was a scene missing. Like you said, you know, before it she probably actually was. gave the 007 back, it feels like it just felt too sharp. Yeah. It was like, why all of a sudden is she, you know, what happened? Yeah. So yeah, but I, I give, I give the women the edge. Now, the one thing about the villains, I'll say Safin, I really liked him. Like you did. Mm-hmm. I wish we would have gotten a nine. Cause every time we saw Safin, I think it was, he was either with, Madeline or he is with Bond or talking to mm-hmm. one of them. Like, we never got Safin like with his people saying we're going to do you know, I think there's maybe one scene like that, but I just, I wanted more of like Safin by himself in his in his element, yeah. Yeah. you know, being an evil motherfucker. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? It's like I wanted to see more of that, um, but I did like Remy Malik's portrayal of him. I thought he was much more effective than Blofeld. Um, and I, you know, the Blofeld thing, not to beat this to death, but I think part of the problem with that is that Blofeld is not in the public consciousness the way that Joker is. You know sure, what I'm saying? It's right, like, okay. Spectre is probably better known even for the casual, you know, moviegoer uh-huh. um, than Blofeld. So I think that they've waited so, they put so much weight on this whole Blofeld thing when it's like, for the general public, it's like, they don't, you know, Blofeld, I could walk out on the street, especially in 2014 before Spectre came yeah. out. Yeah. If I walked out on the street and said Blofeld, people were like, who, who, you know, asked a bunch of people. If I asked 20 people that maybe one of them would have been like, oh yeah, that's James Bond's mm-hmm. enemy, you know. Um, he wasn't, he's just not at that level of like Joker where everybody knows who this guy is. So again, I think he, he his, the lack of his, the lack of greatness for Blofeld in this film, again, kind of pushes more of that um, to me, gives the women the the edge more. Um, but yeah, I liked um, Ash as a he was like I said, he's a, he's he, he he killed my guy. Right. <laughs> he, killed, right. He, killed, right. he killed Ida, man, and that was that was hard. Um, so yeah, I think he was a good henchman. Primo, the Doctor was was a good henchman um, only because he was he was comic relief for a lot mm-hmm. of it. Mm-hmm. Um, but he was an evil motherfucker. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? He's and yeah. So when he died, it was like good you know, get rid of him. Um, but yeah, I gotta give it to the women as well. So any other thoughts before we get into this, the last words, which yeah, I, I don't even know what the hell is about to happen. Now. I know, right? <laughs> um, yeah, just two, and these are both very quick, um, quick note about LaShawn Lynch. I think, I think if she can do it, if, if she can do another film, I think she'd just nail it. Cause I think, I think all the ingredients are there mm-hmm. and it's just, you know, it's going to be interesting to see if when they when James Bond returns, like who stays, who, who stays, stay? are they? Was, does money? Does Naomi Harris come back? Yeah. Does yeah. Ben Wishaw yeah. come back? Yeah. Is it? Will it be like um, when we went from uh, uh, what was that? Um, Dying of the Day to Casino and no, Judy Dench. No, from uh, yeah, yeah, from Die Another mm-hmm. Day to Casino. Mm-hmm. Um, cause you lost everybody else, but him, mm-hmm. well, did um, you, you got a new money, ben, money, yeah, penny was new gone. money, Penny was Tanner gone. Was still there? Was the same Tanner? New Tanner? No, it was different okay. Tanner. No. Um, and yeah, I, so would it be like, I that? liked, I liked that Naomi Harris had, had more screen time. I liked that Naomi Harris was, was all, almost always in the room with M. Mm-hmm. Um, I did, I still don't like, I still don't like the fact that she's, that she's. Answering Secretary. 
an admin yeah. basically yeah it's like that's weird yeah that's 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 we talked about that i think when we did the skyfall episode mm-hmm. last year but i'm with you that's just that's a term it's like i weird. almost wish that she wasn't cast as money penny because even mm-hmm. how she came out like when we were first introduced to money penny which was dope right, right. yeah that was we kind of knew her destiny was going to be <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> no disrespect to the secretaries and admins no nah, absolutely world. not because lois maxwell she's yeah gold, gold. yeah but it, it is it is weird um one thing about um you said something earlier it made me think about not money penny but uh know me i can't remember it. i'll come back to it but what let me ask you this though do you think thinking about people coming back do you think is is there any chance daniel craig was a producer i'm sure he's a producer on no time to die i was i was so he was i saw his name okay i didn't see it i was just so messed up i wasn't paying attention but (laughs) Mm -hmm. he's a producer on these films now and he's been heavily involved with the you know the making of his films um over his tenure i wonder if he'll come back as a producer you know, when, when Bond, that, mm. he might be the first one, like he might become a permanent fixture with, um, mm-hmm. with Eon. That'd be interesting. Mm-hmm. So, all right, mm. last words. Um, let me kick this off. I always make you do it, but I'm, I'm going to kick this off. One thing. I, oh, oh, one other thing, the garden or the poison garden or whatever right. happens. I believe that's a reference and I'm not steeped enough in the, the, the literary James Bond to know this, but I believe that's a reference to the garden of death, which I think was in a continuation book. Uh-huh. Like, so after, you know, of course Ian Fleming died in the early sixties, then I think it was in maybe in the eighties. I can't remember when it was, they started doing these continuation books. They hired other you mm-hmm. know, writers. Uh, I think John Gardner and, you know, all these other writers. And now, um, uh, the most recent one was, uh, uh, forever in a day by Anthony Horowitz mm-hmm. was came out about two years ago. Um, but anyway, in one of those continuation books, I believe there was a whole plot with Blofeld and this garden mm. of death. So I think that was a reference mm. to that. There was a lot of nods, okay. you know, to there's all the way down to you saw within the fan, within the cinematic James Bond, you saw um, a nod to you saw Judy Dench's portrait yeah. of, as her, yes. you know, M. Yes. You saw um, the previous two M's before uh-huh. her um, were up there. Um, of course, we got all those majesties, you know, the sound, you know, the movie ends with um, Louis yep. Armstrong singing, um, which is the first time. And then I think I want to say, man, you know, we heard all the time in the world. I want to say there was another majesties um, music cue in there. I don't know if it was the the majesties theme, you know, the one that you initially didn't mm-hmm. like, but then you heard it a second yeah. time. You're like, oh, this is the shit. I want to say that's in there, too, but I don't know. That's the second viewing. I have to really pay attention to see that. Um, but all right. So last words, um, I'll kick it off. I'll kick it off. You know, I got, a, I have a lot of thoughts. I'm sure you got a lot of thoughts before we get to the big ones dealing with the death. One thing I do wish I would have seen more in this movie was a few more bond moments. Okay. Meaning okay. I, as I've talked about at length, I understand this was Daniel Craig, James Bond movie, mm-hmm. and I'm fine with that. But I do, I did want a little bit more of, bond being bond like as far as you know mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. being in a suit and maybe having to go somewhere and uh, maybe Safin was having you know not a party but you know something and bond has to kind of be in the atmosphere and like you know get involved in some things and have conversations and blah, blah blah it did feel at times like we were just going you know things were moving so so fast and which is good for a two hour and 43 minute yeah. movie I didn't you know the pacing yeah. was good 
but I did want some more of those kind of bond moments where he's just being bond in an atmosphere. And he's of, inner, right. Yeah. I know it's me. Either it's a card game or yeah, some sits down at the table. It's like, everybody knows quip. who he yep. is. He knows who they are. He says some quips yeah. like, yeah, yeah, I know blah, blah, blah. You know, like all yeah. that type of stuff. It did kind of feel um, like, like bond was the boyfriend who was defending <laughs> oh, man, his girlfriend and her issue yeah yeah and it, it, it felt it just it felt at times like it was almost like we were on a clock like they were moving things like okay come on we ain't got time for that boom okay that's over let's go over here and let's do this thing right here so I did kind of want a little bit more of that um, that bond stuff but one thing one thing I would have you asked me earlier about bond as a father you never I never got that because I don't think I don't think enough Gee, how do I? It's, it's like you know, a, it was almost like he didn't have enough time to let the reality of that even sink in. <laughs> right. You know, he was just basically yeah, operating off of like you know raw, in some ways raw instinct, and mm-hmm. in other ways, you know, um, just you know, I, I need to do these things to protect this child. Mm-hmm. While I get my head wrapped around if whether or not this is in fact my child, right. Right. and I kind of had, I had those kinds of <laughs> moments, and because I wanted to, I did want to, I did want to see him, sort of. Um, it's almost like I wanted to see him accelerate into that role. It's funny how that's become like an accepted trope in movies and films. A care, a female character will have a baby, and it's like, yeah, I didn't tell you about her for about five, six years. It's all right. Right. We just roll it's with like, we just roll with it. I just want to see a movie where some dude is like, hold on, you why? <laughs> it's like you didn't tell me about you know what I'm saying? It's like you yeah. never see that. It's kinda of always like, Oh, okay, this is my child. Yeah. Oh, yeah. okay. I just feel you know what? I feel Connery would have been like, Well well, well wait a minute, how old is she? <laughs> well I li- I literally when when she said, because when the baby, sh- when the, not baby, when the child showed mm-hmm. up, first of all, we have to acknowledge, like I told you, you never see kids in right, Bond you movie. Don't. Yeah. Like never, yeah. you never see a kid yeah. in a Bond movie. So when the kid shows up, I'm like, oh my God, this is real. And then it hit me, I'm like, oh shit, are they trying to say that this is Bond's child? I'm like, I don't want Bond to have a kid. Bond don't have no kids. So when she said, you know, she's not yours. Remember, I leaned over to you and I was like, Whew. <laughs> And then it hit me. I was like, wait a minute. She could be lying. Yeah. And of course she was. I got to say though, I, and again, and we're going to get into the whole death in a moment. I really, after letting it sink in, I kind of have no problem, you know, if like before the film, if it'd be like, yo, should Bond have a kid? Like, no, I don't want Bond to have kids. James Bond doesn't have any kids. I'm fine with that. And matter of fact, I could have seen them ending the film had he lived you know, talking to her, his child. I think that would have been a very sweet ending, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, and it made, it just made sense to me. So I was fine with that. Um, but yeah, it was at the, initially it was very jarring, you know, to see a child in, in a bond film. Cause you just don't see that. Um, let me bring you, let me ask you the question I've been dying to ask you. Okay. Wrapping this up with this. I think we're wrapping this up with this. Who knows? Should they have killed James Bond? And let me, let me mm-hmm. actually, uh, that's what I've had. That's how I had in my mind for the last couple hours, but let me kind of add an addendum to that. Just based on the conversation we've had over the last mm-hmm. hour during this podcast, should they have killed Daniel Craig, James Bond? Hmm. You see how those are kind of two different things. Yeah. 
Yeah. yeah. Okay. What are, you, what are your thoughts? Um, I don't. I don't think they should have killed James Bond. Mm. Um, Craig or otherwise. But I take your mm. point. Like, mm. um, you know, I've 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 started to appreciate the Brosnan films, just off mm. the strength of Tomorrow. No, Tomorrow Never Dies. What the world is not enough. I gotta watch that so I can actually right, <laughs> right. so you can get it out right. here. That's that's the universe telling you, right? Because I've said film. before, yeah. I mean, doing doing this series, there were a few films particularly the living daylights and the world is not enough. I hadn't, you know, I hadn't seen before. I hadn't seen, mm-hmm. actually I hadn't seen Thunderball before mm-hmm. either. Um, so it's given me a better appreciation of the different facets of bond, the character that each mm-hmm. actor has brought out. Connery being the one to establish these. Mm-hmm. Um, I think, I think killing, you know, killing James Bond was like, Killing Han Solo. Mm, okay. Yeah. That's that's. It that's, seemed like we could have gotten another analogy. way. We. It, it mm. seemed like we could have we could have reached the same end via mm. another another mm. avenue. Um. At, at now now I'm saying this after you know processing this information for the last what three hours four hours or whatever. Initially, I related it to Tony Stark. Cause yeah. I was pretty messed up when <laughs> Tony remember, Stark yeah, yeah. That died. Yeah, Tony hit you hard. Um, <laughs> that death hit you hard. And both of them won. Bond won, and Stark won. Right. You know. And I was able to negotiate Bond dying um, from the standpoint of his realization that Safin infected himself with. Uh, a, a deadly agent designed to kill Madeline and very likely Matilda via their mm-hmm. DNA. Mm-hmm. Um, and knowing that he killed Safin, knowing that he called a missile strike, knowing that M executed the missile strike to kill this factory, right. he would right. not only be you know saving the world, but mm-hmm. he would in fact be ensuring that Spectre, Quantum, Saffin, all of this is done that right. Madeline and Matilda could be free or safe. Are safe. Right. So he kind of like accepted that fate that, okay, mm-hmm. I'm, I, I can't get off this Island and I, maybe I don't need to try. Mm-hmm. So I rationalize it a little bit, but still, I don't think that, yeah, I don't think that, the wound is still very fresh right now. Yeah, I mean, if you tell if you tell me, yeah, if you tell me that that they're we've done this for sixty years, this is the last Bond film, <laughs> and this was beautiful. This was like Guardians of the Galaxy. Yondu, this is send off. Yondu died. Everybody, every you know, Felix goes out in some glory. Bond goes right. out in some glory. <laughs> Everybody gets glory. <laughs> right. But um, yeah. I, I I think though I like what you said though I think like you said about Han Solo there's another way to get yeah. there without yeah. him I I agree and disagree like I agree because I didn't like Han Solo's death I I mean I don't know if that, no I didn't see that movie with you I saw that uh, me and my son saw that and I remember being like like I was just completely disconnected once they killed Han and I was like 
I don't even care what's going on. It's right. like, I didn't, it's like, cause it, it just seemed like such a, I, first of all, I saw it coming and then it just seemed like such a wasteful for it such an, wasteful. Yeah. Like a wasteful kind of like empty death for such an iconic yeah. character yeah. that really only served another uh-huh. character. Um, whereas with Yandu in Guardians of the Galaxy, even though he's not anywhere near Han Solo level, his death was like this, you know, meaningful you know it was just like it was just it was it was incredible it was celebratory you know, and i was like i was like that's how han so han solo should have went out saving everybody yeah. you yeah. know what i'm saying it was like that's how so i was very disappointed at but i wasn't mad at him dying i was mad how he died i for this film i'm going to say i i don't think they should have killed james bond mm-hmm. but i'm okay because i don't think they killed james bond and again, mm-hmm. this goes back to what I was saying earlier. I hate to, I hate to sound uh, get kind of pedantic with this, or just sound like I'm splitting hairs. Mm-hmm. But I think they killed Daniel Craig, James Bond, and I'm fine mm-hmm. with that. His his five movies, self-contained. His stuff is done. Although it, I will admit, I'm in my mind. I'm kind of thinking, oh fuck! Now when I go back and watch Quantum, am I going to see this dude standing on a mountain getting blown up? Yeah. You know, it's like that, they ruined Quantum for me. That's my movie. Yeah. It's like, so it's like that. That that kind of bothers me. But I'm I'm okay with this because I don't think that like the the bond that exists in my mind, the Sean Connery bond, the literary mm-hmm. bond, the bond of whatever, however you want to describe it, that bond's never going to get killed. Mm, you know, he's yeah. like he's eternal right. and. I think that when you're talking about fictional, I'm going to call them protagonists. Cause I think heroes, I have kind of issues with that word because these guys, a lot of these guys aren't heroes. A lot of them, like we've talked about before are really white male fantasy. Mm-hmm. You know, we talked about it extensively mm-hmm. on the podcast, as far as some of the bond tropes, some of the old movies, and then outside of bond, mm-hmm. you know, even Indiana Jones or some of these, there's a lot of, um, you can't disconnect it from a lot of the Western cultural traditions of um, uh, the European way of looking at things and how that shapes, you know, what we call heroes, yeah. you know, what we think of as heroes. So I kind of shy away from that term sometimes and kind of just say, okay, they protagonists, but whatever protagonist heroes. When we talk about these fictional characters that we kind of grow to love, you do want to think in your mind of them as being mm-hmm. eternal, mm-hmm. you know, mm-hmm. it's like, and that way it allows for, you know, you to enjoy a comic book from 1982 all the way up until a movie that comes out in 2021, you know, or 2022 with say the case of the new Batman coming out next year. Right. It's like, I know it's not Robert Pattinson's Batman is completely different than, um, uh, Frank Miller's, you know, dark Knight Mm -hmm. Batman, you know, it's two different Batman, but same, same dude, you know what I'm saying? It's like somehow, some kind of way in my mind, these are the same characters. And so it's like, you want that eternalness to be kind of, eternity to be kind of um associated with them so it does it was it was jarring to see this you know to see him die in this film to see bond die in this film not only because he died they actually showed like you saw him get blown up i mean you know, once he like, looked up in the sky and saw them not only saw the missiles coming but saw them like break up into baby missiles to right. I'm like that's it what yeah I, mean, I think i think you were in my mind i had accepted i think you were still kind of like Okay, it's like something going, like a boat going to show up. He's, he's going to jump or he's going to start running or something. Right. Something's going to happen. But I kind of accepted it that I had accepted it at that point. But when the bombs land, mm-hmm. they show you, it was almost like one of those old, uh, you know, apocalyptic movies, you know, nuclear war movies where they show people getting, mm-hmm. you know, evaporated mm-hmm. or whatever. It was basically mm-hmm. like that. 
And I'm like, that shit is in my head now. You know what I'm saying? And it's like, now, now, now I'm seeing Daniel Craig, James Bond. It's like, am I going to see that incinerated when I watch? So it's like, I feel like mm, Bond himself as a character this is, and maybe I'm doing this to help help mm-hmm. myself, you know. But I am kind of like making that, creating that dichotomy. Jane, Daniel Craig's James Bond, then James right. Bond, yeah. and it's okay to me that Daniel Craig's James Bond died in this film. James Bond himself, the character. Mm-hmm. This is just an iteration. Jan, Daniel Craig is just an iteration of mm-hmm. that character. James Bond himself has been Timothy Dalton. He's been Sean Connery. Mm-hmm. He's been Pierce mm-hmm. Brosnan. He's been Roger Moore. He's been Tim, uh, uh, George Lazenby. He's been all the literary Bonds, the Ian Fleming Bond, the Anthony Horowitz Bond, um, the William Boyd Bond. He's been all these mm-hmm. different Bonds. And so that character is not going to die, just like Han Solo, yeah. just yeah. like any other, you know, easy Rollins. You know, I'm throwing, let me, let me get a brother in the mm-hmm. conversation. Uh, I wish I could, uh, I can, uh, uh, some, no women popping in my head right away, but any character, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. um, any hero, protagonist, heroine, whatever you want them to live forever. And I'm fine with that. So I do think though, it was really telling to me, we laughed about it, but it was really telling to me that you and I waited to see James Bond will right. return. Right. We waited. Right. Because that was important because it was like, listen, we can believe all we want. Eon is making these these movies. The continuity (laughs) of the character is not going to keep moving forward. Is it going to keep moving forward? Because we can believe all we want, but if we want to see him on the big screen again, they have to do it. They own this character. And I guess it's that continuity that I'm kind of grappling with because with all the iterations of the screen bond, and I mean the literary bond, but the screen bond the visual is so much more powerful. Um, we've never seen any of the other characters. Like when Roger Moore did A View to a Kill and that was his last film, that was just his last film. And then we got Timothy Dalton a few years later. You know, Roger Moore didn't fall off the Golden Gate Bridge. <laughs> you know what I mean? He, he wrapped it up in the shower with right. Homegirl. Yeah. You know? <laughs> right. Um, right. So I think it was the it was the the finality of it, um, was, but I take your point because like the 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 Spider Man series, you know, Tobey Maguire made three Spider Man films, the the second one being like, and should be in everybody's top three list of superhero films, Spider Man two. Right. But then you had Andrew Garfield do a series of the Amazing Spider Man. Mm-hmm. So, did a whole nother origin story, did a whole nother, even had the green goblin in that one too, you know? So, but we were okay with it because it's kind of like what you say. I mean, like comic books, there's this iteration, here's this iteration, here's this iteration. And I suppose you do get that with bond as well, but Mm -hmm. same thing. Like, Peter Parker, never. nobody walked up and shot Peter Parker. (laughs) And then we rolled right. to. <laughs> right. Then we then we moved on to Andrew Garfield. Yeah, it's gonna be interesting to see how they handle this. I will say this though. This is another thing that makes me. I don't know if this will help you, but this is another thing that helps me is that 
the origin of something to me is always the most important. Yeah. So if something begins in a book format, mm -hmm. literary mm -hmm. format, mm -hmm. to me, that's, that's the Bible. That's, that's the yes. core. Yes. And then whatever else happens after that. So even though James Bond has become iconic because of the films, mm -hmm. you know, mm -hmm. even though the books are very mm -hmm. popular, mm -hmm. he became iconic because of the films, the book, the literary James Bond is still the origin, you know? So, the fact that, you know, that's like the, the essence of mm. this, it makes me look at these movies a little bit more like, okay, this, these five movies, even though they've been around, they've, you know, Daniel Craig's run has lasted what, 15 years now. So for a lot of people, younger people, especially this is the only bond they've mm -hmm. ever known. Um, it's still an iteration. It's still a moment in time of bond. It's not, it's not the Bible of bond. It's not the DNA. It's not the end all mm -hmm. be all. Mm -hmm there's more bond to come in different mm -hmm. ways. Same with mm -hmm. Batman, mm -hmm. you know, um, Batman began in the comics. Now, part of the reason the Han Solo thing did bother me so much is because that began in movies. So it's like, no, that motherfucker. Is Han Solo. <laughs> it's like, you know, everything uh -huh. else is iteration. Harrison Ford, that's Han oh, yeah, Solo, yeah, 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 yeah. you know? So the reason that you can redo his death, you can't, you know, they could reboot that and do it in a different way. But to me, it's like, no, he died on that bridge getting stabbed by his little, you know, petulant mm -hmm. child, you know? But anyway, I think ultimately I, I agree with you. I think they shouldn't have killed James Bond, but I'm, I, I think, and again, this is hours after we've seen the movie, I'll wake up tomorrow. Maybe I'll feel different. Maybe I'll feel even better about it, but I'm okay with it now because I feel like, yeah, that was Daniel Craig's interpretation of this mm -hmm. character. Mm -hmm. And that's the way he and the filmmakers chose for his interpretation to go out. And when James Bond returns, it's going to be something completely different. Um, and that'll, that'll be cool too. So um, before we wrap this up, anything else, any other thoughts, immediate thoughts on no time to die, which one of the most ironic names of any movie ever made, <laughs> we're going to try to throw you completely off this thing <laughs> by calling this movie, no time to die. When in fact, That's exactly he does have time. <laughs> he does have time. He has a few minutes and he's going to spend them dying. Yeah. <laughs> um, nah, I think I, I think I got it all out. It's been kind of somewhat uh, an unexpected therapy session. It's listen. I, I think you know because we had planned to do this, and you know we're going to see the movie, then you know do kind of like a raw recording, blah blah blah, of the other uh, podcast. I didn't know. Like I had no idea, and I, I even told you recently, or over, uh, about an hour ago. I remember I told you I was like, yeah there were rumors back in, you know, a couple of years ago that bomb was mm -hmm. going to die, but it was just a rumor. Mm -hmm. And it, you know, I don't know where that rumor even originated from, but I had wiped that from my mind. Cause I was like, that's just, yeah. I'm not gonna kill bond, you know? So yeah, I, I never expected to be in this much of a reverent type, like mood after seeing a bond film, after seeing this bond film. Um, so yeah, it'll be interesting to see when we talk about this again, months from now, you know, what are our thoughts on it? And it'll be really interesting to hear Eon say, okay, this is next. Yeah, this is next. Or we're going to start the search for a new bond. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Cause like, obviously they're not going to say anything for a while because they want the focus to be sure. on this film. Sure. But I would imagine maybe this time next year, they would have to have to have said something like, yeah, the next, they at least would say, okay, you can expect the next bond film in 2000, Given whatever. Given it the 60th you know. anniversary of the, character next year, yeah. next year yeah because next year that's a good that's a great point i think next year is going to be a lot of nostalgia yeah. Yeah. you know mm -hmm. for bond and stuff but and i'm sure that all the movies will probably be released on new 
some type of new, you know, 4K mm-hmm. Ultra, mm-hmm. you know, mm-hmm. whatever special uh, edition package or whatever. But yeah, at some point, maybe at the end of next year to cap off, you know, the celebration, they'll say, here is the name of the next Bond film or here is when you can expect Bond 26. You know, that'll be really interesting because that that'll because I think the fandom is going to have to grapple with what happened in this movie for the for a long yeah. time. And so, yeah, once they get their hands on something new, it'll be like, okay, now we can kind of like what we have something we can look forward to. Um, but a lot of people we should, we should acknowledge. I think, I think both you and I have been very favorable towards this movie so far, even though we were grappling with it, we've been favorable. to. I think a lot of fans, man, are going to have a hard time mm-hmm. with this, you know, as this, this, uh, you know, it's Friday, October 8th is we record this on October uh, 11th, you know, and 12th, it's going to be interesting to see what people are saying on Twitter, mm-hmm. what some of the fans, what some of our, our listeners, how they're going to respond to this. Um, I think some people will have a real hard, hard time with this, man. Cause not just the death, like we said, it's just a very different body. I'm telling you, I, I really thought it would end where, you know, he walks off in the sunset or drives off with, Madeline and Matilda and then you know you go to Jamaica or you go back to the house or he goes to the grocery store or I don't know something and it's just going to end with the fanfare you know a little wink and a nod you know you walk out like yeah I'm feeling good you know Craig and all that one one with James Bond you know this motherfucker's vaporized (laughs) (laughs) I mean we got nothing gloomy I don't even know what the end theme was I think it was Louis Armstrong it was Louis Armstrong we have all the time in the world all the time in the world and it was uh, Madeline and Matilda driving off in the uh in the living daylights uh Aston Martin I think I wonder. I do wonder. Just to cap this off, I wonder if that you know the conversations. Obviously, that you know Barbara Broccoli, Michael G. Wilson, um, maybe Danny Boyle before he got uh, fired uh, off the prior for he left the project. Mm-hmm. Uh, Carrie Joji Fukunaga, Daniel Craig. Did that? Did that come up? Was it? Was was it like? Hey, did they always know this is how we're going to end it, or was it? Nah, let's, you know, was there a conversation like, yeah, let's, maybe we Kinda should like have him. a you know, logical, end. like, what's the logical conclusion of this, this scenario? Well, the lo- if they, and that's my, I don't want to go down that road. Logically, he should have died a long time. <laughs> <laughs> you know what I'm yeah. saying? It's like, right, 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 right. It's like, we're going to be, right. we, Jaws it's like, oh, we're we going to get to the, <laughs> we're going to get to the 25th film. Now we also, we're going to be logical. <laughs> it's like, <laughs> like what, are you, what are y'all talking about? So yeah, I wouldn't have, I, if, if I would have been involved in the conversation, yeah, logic wouldn't have came into it in that regard. But I do, I see what you're saying for him to end with almost like a true retirement mm-hmm. with, or maybe not even retirement. Maybe he just retired. Maybe he just ends with Madeline and Matilda, but then, you know, something comes up and he's like, you know, I'll be right back. And he goes off and you get the bond mm-hmm. theme and it's like, yeah, he's going to go handle some mm-hmm. business. He's going to come back to his family. It's, it's all good. It's all good. Right. It's all good. Right. You know, right. that to me, would that have been a bad ending? I don't think so. That probably have been a good ending too. So it's, it's just interesting to see why they chose this yeah. route, you know, yeah. and I, I would yeah. be, yeah. I'll be interested in hearing them talk about that in the future, um, which I think we'll get. So let's, you know what, let's talk a little bit about our future. We're going on hiatus for a while. Um, I'm not sure exactly what date we're coming back, but we've been going strong all shit. I think since spring, summer, late spring, yeah, all the, uh, James Bond content and we're going to take a hiatus. I think when we come back though, we're going to have a lot to talk about. Cause there is, um, we've been bond heavy, but there is so much going on 
um, in the coming months with uh, Disney, the Marvel mm-hmm. stuff, the Star Wars stuff. DC's got a lot going coming coming up. Um, John, uh, not John. Is there a John Wick? I don't know. Maybe there's a John Wick coming out, but Matrix is coming up. Um, yep. There's a lot of unreal content coming up in winter, late fall and winter 2021 and 2022. So um, when we come back, we'll have a lot to talk about, but we're going on a quick break. In the meantime, they should do a lot of things. Though, well, the first thing they need to do is subscribe to the podcast. Follow us in Apple Podcasts. You can also follow us in Spotify. Apple Podcasts, we ask that you leave a review um, and comment. It helps for discovery. It helps other people to learn about what it is that we do. Um, you can reach out to us on Twitter. Uh, we can have a big old therapy session. Hashtag Matt Unreal. <laughs> hashtag Matt Unreal and then hashtag hug. If you hug <laughs> after seeing the James Bond movie, after seeing No Time to Die, we, maybe we'll send out some virtual hugs to some Bond fans. Um, yeah, so hit us. I, I, I'll be interested in hearing all you guys' thoughts once you've seen the film. Hopefully a lot of you guys are seeing it this weekend um, and have listened to this after you've watched the movie. But I look forward to seeing some of the sides and having some discourse with you guys. I think some of the the feedback and the comments you guys have, have done with um, the 007 and counting things uh, episodes, I, I think it's been great. So I, I'm really glad that we had the chance to look back at some mm-hmm. of those older films um, and then, you know, dive into this this new one, um, especially considering how different this new one is from some of the older ones. So. All right. Matt Unreal, 007 and counting finale. This is Arthur. That is Isaac. We'll see you next show. Peace. Keep it unreal.